He's giving life to you. He's giving life to you. Oh, praise His glory. Through God's ministry, the truth has set us free. He's giving life to you and me. He's giving life to you. He's giving life to me. Oh, praise His holy name. Through God's ministry, the truth has set us free. He's giving life to you and me. He's giving life to you.
Seem like yesterday it was Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Here we are already. But that doesn't bother me at all. Amen. Good to be in the house of God. Good to be in the house of God. Good to come and worship the Lord. announcements. Uh, next Wednesday, Brother Craig Marshall will be here Wednesday evening ministering to us. And then, of course, uh, heading out to uh, the Rosewood Reservation on Thursday. Friday, they're having a uh, they're, uh, dispersing or giving out coats at the Spring Creek community there on the reservation. And they're having a service out there that following Saturday. And then coming back this way on a Sunday. And depending on, uh, I guess he has a little time there. So depending on the amount of time he has, Lord willing, we're going to have a minister to us probably that week. Maybe a few days. It all depends on how much time he has. Uh, and when he comes back this way uh, also. And another thing is, uh, found out today that there, there's a chance we might not be able to have service out there. In Whiteford this weekend, we'll find out more by, by tomorrow, I think she said, and uh, so there might be a, a chance that the service will be postponed and uh, for this weekend, but I'll let everybody know whoever is interested in going uh, this weekend uh, out to White River. So keep, keep those saints in prayer and uh, amen. Praise God. Just try to keep up, keep up uh, doing and, and performing and doing God's will in our life. That's still about the only thing we can do. It's the only thing we can do. Live for Him. 
course, that's the reason why we're here. That's the reason why we're here. So tonight, of course, I'm going to try to continue as far as uh, what we've been looking at in the in the book of First Thessalonians, chapter uh, five, the apostolic prayer. And uh, of course, I think all of us pretty well should have a little familiarity with that now. <laughs> We haven't been. I haven't been. Uh, I haven't been uh, going in, in, a, in a certain order. I've just been, uh, I guess, coming at it randomly and just kind of back and forth. And if I if I would have followed a format, which I should have done, we could probably have a little bit of a uh, understanding, some insight. But basically, everything we're talking about in this Bible study is circling around. Uh, what we uh, have been going through, and I'll try to do my best. And and I just um, I just uh, want to come to the place where where uh, I, I want to as I feel the Holy Ghost directing me. Of course, there's so much in this, uh, and I and I want to apologize to you that I have. Uh, I have definitely kind of gone over some areas that I believe probably really need to go over. But uh, like I said, I just want to zero in and let the Holy Ghost guide me in this. And, and, and uh, that way we can try to get something out of it. We can glean something out of it. And uh, so let me get my, myself situated here. It's kind of hard when our pulpit's kind of small. But uh, there you go. Hallelujah. So in First Thessalonians chapter five, and what I want to look at right now, what I want to, what I want to focus our attention <coughs> on, is right around the area of verse eighteen or verse seven. Verse, uh, yeah, 18 and, and uh, 19. And we'll, we'll start there in verse number 18. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Of course, abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Who also will do it. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. That we can we have a, something we can go to and we can be reminded and, and I think about, you know, what the Apostle Paul, uh, when he was, when he was speaking to Timothy and, and he basically admonished him and, and, and the scripture verse that, that I'm speaking about is in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse number 6, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands that thou stir up the gift of God stir it up that's something that's important for us that's important for us to do I mentioned this several times before um, 
in all the years I've been ministering, uh, specifically pastoring, it just seems like you always see the, the church going through different seasons. We wish that we could always experience uh, an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and revival. I mean, we like having a good time in the Lord. We like feeling the presence of God. We like hearing good preaching. Uh, and I hope we like hearing good rebuking, too. And, and, you know, what we expose ourselves to as far as His Word is concerned, but I've noticed this. And, and, and you see, you always see the body seem to just go through different seasons. I mean, it, we're, we're up on top of a mountain one time, and other times we're down. We're making a descent down into a valley. Sometimes we'll abide there for a while. Sometimes we'll come out of it, come back up, and go back down. It's just like an endless cycle of the seasons that the church goes in. Of course, to me, from, from what I understand, you know, that's something that we all experience. We all experience. We all experience our, if I want to say it this way, we experience our good times, we experience our bad times. And, and we experience temptation, trial, tribulation, affliction, persecution. All these things are just something that's, you might as well get used to it. It's in your life. It's in your life. And, and you know what? Here's the thing. We have an edge. Because when we were living in sin, when we were without God, we did not have any hope. But now we have hope. Whenever time we go through something, we have hope. When we're going through all, all these, and we're experiencing all these different seasons in the church, that doesn't mean that, that we yield to whatever direction the wind is blowing. By, by, by that I mean, you know, it just seems like we always succumb to whatever it is that is pressuring us or we're being overwhelmed with. It just seems like we feel like it's human nature's like that. I might as well just go ahead and give in to it. But you know what? God didn't give us the Holy Ghost to give in. He gave us the Holy Ghost so that we can stand. We can stand. And, and we can do everything to stand. We can be going through some pretty uh, severe weather spiritually. Some, 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 you know, the outside elements can be coming against us. There could be a, a, a strong wind and strong rains and whatever you want to call it. Uh, different storms in our life. But guess what? I'm glad that you and I are, we're founded, we're standing on a, a, the rock of our salvation. Where we... Even during the midst of all this, we can still, we can still proclaim victory. Hallelujah. And, and sometimes we have to be reminded because it seems like sometimes we just kind of slip back into that mentality. Uh, the comfort of our flesh and our carnality, we slip back into it. So we're not as zealous as we usually are when we're feeling the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We're not as zealous. We don't have that, uh, that flavor, that salt. So what happens, we kind of go into it, we, we become a little bit dormant in our spirit. We get a little cold. And, amen. We're just, and you know, uh, let me tell you something. If we would just learn just to yield to the spirit and let the spirit quicken us. Even in our valleys, if he would quicken us. That we can, man, we can still be lively if we're going through something. We can still be lively. We can still be fervent. We can still be zealous. And we can, praise God, we can just give it all that, that we have. Praise God. It's kind of something, you know, uh, seeing that and then you see it, you see it happen. And, and I, I don't like to look for things like that. I don't like to wait. And it's almost like watching your watch. And, and it's right about time right now where the church will get cold. <laughs> Somebody's probably saying, here comes, here goes pastor again, bearing down on us. But you know what? I'm not saying that to belittle you 
or anything like that. I, I, I'm saying we have to be aware. We have to be aware. We cannot let even the small things get to us. We can't even get comfortable in our flesh. We can't get comfortable. We can't get relaxed. We can't get slack. We've got to be diligent, even though it hurts. We've got to be fervent. We've got to have a zeal. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's important. It's important that all of us do our best to try to achieve that, try to be there. I mean, it takes a little work sometimes. Sometimes we're, we're prayed up in the Spirit, and it seems like it's not that hard, isn't it? And it's just like things just smooth as butter. But there's other times it's dry, and that's when we really have to put the shoulder to the wood. So what do we do? We just... You know, that's the best time just to give it all you have. All you as they say, give it all you got. Give it all you got. But to stir up the gift of God that is in you. Stir it up. Praise God. Praise God. It's it's something. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be a judge. I'm not. I'm not the judge. There's only one judge, only one lawgiver. But you know, there's certain things that, when you're acquainted with the moving of the Spirit, and and you're acquainted with the the Holy Ghost moving, and 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 what you feel or what you discern in the Spirit, what you feel and discern. Uh, I try not to. Uh, harp in on anybody's prayers because everybody has their own way of praying everybody has their own way of talking to God you know I, I, I don't want to take that away from you but one thing I, I know I felt lately and uh, it's, it's been burden uh, a burden to me it's been troubling my spirit especially last night you know uh, in prayer last night I was just it was hit, hit me so hard last night and I, and I started to ask the Lord Lord what is it that uh, what is it, God, what is this that I'm, if I want to say it that way, that I'm feeling or that I'm experiencing? And, and you know what? It was just like there is no depth in their praying. There is no depth in their supplication. And I thought that was just me. So I got up, and I was walking around back and forth. I started praying for certain things, and here it came again to me, and it hit me just, it came, and it hit me again. And, and obviously the Lord was showing me what was happening. And I'm not talking about all of you. I'm not talking at the, the whole body. I'm talking about some of you. How many of you are good talkers? It's quiet in here tonight. How many of you are good talkers? How many of you can talk? If you were given the opportunity to talk, you could talk, couldn't you? You know, that's what prayer is all about. Prayer is about talking to God. And, and I know this. I know one thing. I know the Bible says the Spirit helps us. And, and, and He prays. He helps us to pray when we don't know what to pray for. Yeah, there are moments when that happens. But it doesn't happen all the time. There are moments when God requires us, when we come to Him, just to have a good talk with Him. Just to communicate on a personal level from you, not the Holy Ghost. I hear so many people praying in tongues and it just seems it's over and over and over again. But let me tell you something. Here's the thing. This is the thing I look for. If you're praying in the Holy Ghost and your prayer is that deep, in the Spirit, there ought to be some kind of fruit in your walk with God. There ought to be some kind of fruit in your living. Your attitude should be a certain way. You should have a certain disposition about you if your prayers are that deep. Woo. And, and, and you, you think about that. And... and uh, I felt, that, I felt that last night, and just like, wow, okay. 
And, and I, I didn't know whether he wanted me to say anything last night when everybody after prayer, I just left it alone. But I felt that today as, as I was getting ready, I felt that today. And I don't know if, if I have to teach on prayer again. I don't know. We taught on prayer before, but maybe we need to go a little deeper in prayer. Maybe we, t we need to take a look at all the, the, the possibilities of prayer and the purpose of prayer and everything that happens as a result of prayer. Maybe we need to go back into the Word and find out what it is to really know what praying is. Because you know what the Bible says? He called us a house of prayer for all people. This is a house of prayer for all people. And if you're praying like you should, guess what? You will be on top of your walk with God. Hallelujah. I know, you know, I, I, I can, I, I can uh, understand sometimes when we have certain things happen, but, but, uh, you know, when we really, when we stir up the gift of God that's in us, we're going to find out, boy, God is going to quicken us. He's going to make us alive. He's going to give us the strength that we need. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse number 4. And look what it says. Uh, oh, 14, excuse me, not 4. 14, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast our profession. Does anybody, there's, uh, I guess there's a lot of answers to this question. And they're, they're probably, and if you, if you answered me, you probably, they're probably all right answers. If I ask you the question, what makes us different than everybody else? And I'm not saying that, trying to be full of conceit. But the very thing that makes us different than everybody else is that we are baptized or we are filled with His Spirit. So because of that, guess what? We, we have attained to a certain, a certain uh, experience and a certain life that we've been given. And that because of that life, that's what makes us unique. So we, we, begin, to, we begin to seek God as a result of our experience. And because of that, that's what makes us, that's, that's what solidifies our, our, our faith and, and our walk and our relationship with him. So it becomes, guess what it becomes? It becomes a profession. Amen. It becomes a profession. So here we are, and he's talking about that, seeing that we have a high, great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched without the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to, to help in time of need. Don't, aren't you glad we have a place we can go to? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have a we have a place we can go to. We, we are not without hope. We, there, there is a remedy. There is a, a amen, a, a resolve, if you please. And, and, and you know what? Whatever situation it is, whatever situation it is right now that, that all of us are going through, no matter how, you know, overwhelming it may be, no matter how we feel like the odds are against us, guess what? We have hope. The Lord knows our need. Why? Because He has been there before. He has even tasted death for us. He even conquered hell for us. So we have 
Amen. We have a place we can go to. That's beautiful. Uh, the same book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 23. And this is what it says in verse number 23. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So let us hold fast, amen, the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. In other words, guess what? God is going to come through for us. God is going to make a way. That's why we have to hold on to what it is that we have. What it is that, that amen, who we are and everything. Um, make no mistake about it, you're a child of God. Either you're a child of God or you're a puppet of the devil. <laughs> One or the other. As, as one person said, he said it this way, make up your mind. <laughs> make up your mind what you want to be. Huh? Make up your mind what you want to be. Make up your mind who you want to serve. Make up your mind how you want to walk. Praise God, because this is our profession. We're to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. In other words, don't don't say, well, or if. God wants us to make up our minds and God wants us to stay on the path. He wants us to stay the course. He doesn't want us to look to the left or look to the right. He doesn't even want us looking back. He just wants us looking forward. That's what he wants us to do. So that's what we have to do. That's what we need to do. Uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse number 11. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 11. I'm sorry I'm going through these quickly. If I'm going too fast for you, let me know. And I'll try to slow it down a little bit. But amen. Revelation 3, verse number 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast, or hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Hold that fast which thou hast. Hold that fast. That no man take thy crown. In other words, praise God, don't, don't let up. Don't let up. We've got to be diligent. Diligent. You know, I was thinking about something... I was thinking about the scripture says in the, in the book of Exodus said that pillar of that pillar of the cloud you know was right there in the midst of Israel whenever it took off the Israelites followed it wherever it went of course they had the pillar of fire at night and then the pillar of, of the cloud by day so wherever that pillar of cloud or pillar of fire led them the people of Israel had to take that path but did you ever realize the path that they took after they crossed the Red Sea. <coughs> Did you ever realize that the Lord was in front of them, leading them through all the areas that they uh, encountered, everything that they experienced, God led them for a reason. God led them for a reason. They experienced all those, those different uh, uh, places uh, geographically for a reason. There was always something that was connected to that area geographically. Some kind of a challenge. And, and that's how, it, did you realize this? If we're following that pillar of a cloud, we just need to keep our eyes on it and not look at what's around us. Because a lot of them were looking at what was around them. They were looking at the terrain. They were looking at the, the lack of Food and the lack of water, huh? They were looking at those things instead of looking at God and believing after he brought them through the Red Sea, after he parted the Red Sea on for, for, for them, how was he not going to feed them in the desert? How was he not going to give them water? Huh? 
But you know what? They just, everything around them, that's all they noticed. It's all they noticed. That's all they paid attention to. They got their eyes off of that, that pillar of a cloud. Hallelujah. See, that's just, that's just how it is. Of course, one of the places that he led them to was Elam. And you know what happened there. You know what challenge they had there. And, and for, for whatever reason, God did that for all of them. He always seemed to prove to them that, hey, don't worry about what you're going through right now because I'm with you. And I will always make a way for you. That's what, that's what he was trying to show them. But you know what? It was hard for them to grasp faith. It was hard for them to grasp that faith and say, Man, I want to believe God. I want to believe God. Hallelujah. So we see that. So he says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Don't let anybody steal it from you. Part of all this is Really being cautious, careful, and uh, uh, Philippians chapter four. This is another well-known passage of scripture. Well-known and something that needs to always we we always need to meditate on. And uh, meditate in his word. But he, in, in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8, he said, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You ever notice that? Uh, you ever notice why he said that? If there be any virtue. If there be any virtue. If there be any praise. Think on these things. In other words, if it's God, you're going to know it's God. You're going to feel virtue. You're going to feel his presence. You're going to feel his peace. You're going to feel assurance. You're going to feel his goodness. You're going to feel his grace, his mercy. And, and as a result, guess what's going to happen? You're going to know it's him, and, and you're going to offer that praise. You're, you're going to thank him for what he's done in your life. That's how you can tell. But if, if, you, if you experience a different feeling, if it troubles you, if it causes you to feel the, the exact opposite of good, that's not God. It's not God. So many people don't realize that. Those bad things come and they say, man, they don't realize God's not speaking to you. The devil's talking to you. He's trying to discourage you. Praise God. Praise God. I don't know if you ever, Brother Craig preached a message one time. And it was a story, and it was a true story, of a miner out in California back in the gold rush, back in the 1800s. And this miner uh, came across a, a place where he, he struck gold, and he was in gold heaven. And, and he, was, he, was, uh, he was having uh, progress and... and panning on the river and, and even began to dig uh, in, in, in a mountain there, somewhere in, in California. He, he had this intuition that there was a, a big gold vein in that mountain. Just because of the area where he was panning all that gold, he knew there's got to be, there's a reason why this gold is in the stream coming off this mountain. There's got to be, be a big vein of gold there in that mountain. So what he began to do, he began to dig and he began to go into the side of that mountain. He was so desperate to try to find that gold. And he spent weeks and months 
digging it and, and even ignoring you know the, the, the threat to his life and, and, and he was just so desperate to try to get his hands on some of that gold and, and so much that he he forgot about his even taking care of his own self and, and, and uh, you know his, his food and all that began to dwindle and, and, and pretty soon he just came to a point where he was just low on rations and everything. But he kept trying to find that vein. And he got so weak in, in all his efforts that finally his body couldn't take it no more. And, and here he died inside that mine shaft. He died inside that mine shaft. And so when they finally found him, of course, somebody that knew him went to go see how he's doing. And they figured out he was inside that mine shaft. They went in there. They found him dead inside that mine shaft and so they of course they took his body out of there but they they said and this was a story they said he was about two to three inches away from hitting that vein of gold in that mountain when he died Woo. You know, to me, I, I, I want to put a twist in the story because that was kind of a sad ending, wasn't it? And, and of course, he had a little bit of, you know, how could I say, greed? But you know what? Sometimes, I'm going to put a twist in the story. I want to turn it on. Sometimes that's how it is with us. We're so close to reaching the riches of Jesus Christ. We're so close to reaching those riches and we're inches away and you know what happens to us? We give up. We give up. We're so close to attain whatever it is that, man, if you're, if you're seeking God and you want God to bless you, that's one thing about human nature. We get so tired and we get so frustrated and we just give up so easily. We shouldn't be that way. And you know, I thought about that and that's how, that's how it is sometimes. But how I got off from that, from Philippians 4.8, I don't know, but praise God. Just keep your, <laughs> keep your, uh, keep your mind on things that are true and the things that are honest, the things that are just, pure and lovely and good. And a good report. That's what we have to do. That's that's what we should do. Uh, this is this is what uh, this is what we're all about. Uh, you go back in the scriptures, uh, especially uh, when it talks to when it talks about maintaining our faith and maintaining our salvation. It's important that we understand that we've got to do what we can to, to, to pursue that and not, not become weak, not become slack. We've got to do that. We've got to seek God. We always got to seek God. We cannot let our, our flesh overpower us. We can't let it overpower us. You know what? Uh, if, you, if you read... You read the accounts in the Gospels about Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and you notice that, well, he came to a point, he came to a point there and in, in, in while he was there because he knew what he was going to face. He knew what was ahead of him. And so obviously he was beginning not to, just to feel the burden, the weight of the sins of the whole world. Man, feeling that feeling that vexation of spirit, not just for, you know, himself, but for the sins of the whole world, every soul. You know what the Bible says? If he's, if he's likened to our substitute, if he was our substitute, he took our place, didn't he? He took your place, he took my place. So that burden of sin was heaped upon him. Now, could you imagine, it wasn't just you and I, but it was everybody that was born into this world. Can you imagine why he just sank? He sank in his humanity. He began to feel the, 
the pressure. He began to feel the affliction. He began to feel the vexation of spirit, the troubling in his spirit because he knew he was doing this. He was doing this for all of us in here. So what happened? He, you know what? His humanity kind of began to work on him where he, he, he said one time, Lord, if it be your will, take this cup from me. Take it from me. I can't, you know, the agony. I often wonder about that. The Bible said that his, his sweat became as great drops of blood. Can you imagine, you know, if I start moving around up here, I'm going to start perspiring. That's just how I am. And, and I perspire pretty easy. So if I move around, boy, sweat just starts pouring out of me. So that's why I stand still, try to. But can you imagine sweat just pouring out of you? How many of you have ever been nervous? How have you, you know, in, in a nervous dither, been worried, been, you know, feeling all kinds of tension? You don't know what's going to happen. You just, and, and you don't like what you're feeling. We all have been there before, haven't we? We all have worried so much that we've given ourselves a headache, huh? Made us, you know, even become sick, nauseated. You know, we just, ah. Oh. Can you imagine what he felt? Can you imagine what he went to? And there he was. And he was doing it for all of us. And his sweat just came out of his body. And it was like the Bible says, great drops of blood. Of course, he was under a lot of pressure. He was under a lot of pressure. Ooh. He obviously, he obviously knew the weakness of humanity. We know he was God in the flesh. But obviously he knew the weakness of humanity. The Bible says, in all points, tempted like as we are. All points, tempted like as we are, yet without sin. But look what he said. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Somehow he got it all together. He got it all together. Maybe he, he, he seen a glimpse. Maybe he's seen a panoramic glimpse of all the souls that he was doing this for, we don't know. Maybe that's what he's seen according to Isaiah 53. He shall see the travail of his soul and he shall be satisfied. So that's what he did. That's what he did. He said, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it for my brethren. I'll do it for my brethren. He didn't even want to let failure overcome him or overwhelm him. He didn't want to let failure do that. You know why? Because the failure, amen, overwhelmed him. Then sin would have came right along with failure. So he did what he did and he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Let your will be done. My Lord. That's what amazes me. And so we have a profession of faith. I, I like the way the, the Bible says that. If you, if you go with me to the book of Hebrews, and, and I think it's in chapter 12 in the book of Hebrews. Go, with there, go there with me in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And, and look, look what it says here in Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, you see there, it, it says this. Now, uh, let's, let's kind of back up a little bit. Let's, let's back up to, uh, well, I didn't give you a verse yet, did I? No. Okay, it's Hebrews chapter 12, and, and I was going to hit around. Uh, uh, back up. And, and go to yeah, Hebrews chapter 12. In verse number two, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The author and the finisher. Now, now pay attention to that. He, he, has, he has been our beginning. And he's going to be our end. Woo! He's given us a beginning. And you can be assured he's going to give you an end. 
He's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Now look what he says. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. We haven't come to that place. Striving against sin. So he says, he says, uh, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him, rebuked of him, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom receiveth. And if you endure chastening, God dealeth you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? Whatever we go through, Whatever we go through, some things, yes, God plots out our lives. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. If we, if we just put our trust in God, if we just put our trust in God, we'll find out everything is going to be okay. God is always... Amen. Working out our salvation. And he will always work out our salvation. So that's important for us. And, and here's the thing. There's so much about this. There's so much about this when it comes to, like I was saying just a, 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 a couple days ago, uh, maybe we're not uh, engulfed in, in deep sin or some immoral sin or abomination. Maybe, maybe we're not wrapped up in all that. But you know what? One area that the devil can get us to do is he can get us to get a little slack. Huh? A little lukewarm. A little comfortable. But here's the thing about that. If we, if we come to the point where we get a little comfortable and we get a little slack and we say, well, you know, things are going fine for me. So you know what I'll do? I'll just kind of let up a little bit here. I'll just kind of take it easy for a while. And, and, you, and you find out you get into that place where it, when that happens to you, guess what? If you, give, if you give the flesh one inch, it's going to take a mile. That's why I think it's really important. Uh, uh, when we talk about, uh, what, you know, as far as uh, what it takes and, and uh, the Bible says, you know, in, in Jude, verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Now look what he says, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, he's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion, power both now and ever. Amen. That's, that's what it, it, it's really going to take. That's what it's going to Praise God. Praise God. You think about it. We've got to be careful. We've got to be cautious. Uh, Revelation, let's go back to the book of Revelation. Uh, verse number 16. We have a few minutes here. Revelation 16. And right around verse number 15. 
Hallelujah. It says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Blessed is he that keep his, keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. <laughs> I was just, I was just uh, thinking about something. A memory that came back to me, and I think I, I think I have that note here somewhere. I could probably find it. It's in this particular Bible study. But, uh, <coughs> Brother Gerritsen was expounding to us, and he talked about the Lord. He said that, uh, and he was he was addressing Ephesians five twenty seven. He said that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. He's going to present himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And, and then he says, how do you think, why do you think someone's garment will become spotted or wrinkled? we're all looking at him he says because they're doing nothing when you do nothing even when you don't do anything guess what you're defiled you become defiled and guess what your garment becomes wrinkled in other words guess what there's no there's no care there's no maintenance If we do nothing, if we do nothing, somebody has to do the laundry. <laughs> somebody has to do the ironing. I'm old-fashioned. I iron. My my daughter Steph says, "Throw it inside the dryer, that wrinkle-free cycle." I said, "No, nah, I, I like my stuff. I like a nice crease on mine." Huh? Remember the days when you used to get that starch and iron it and boy your shirt would you could hear it pop when you bend your arm. So much starch on your sleeve you could hear it popping. <laughs> I'm still an ironer. I still have an iron. I had to buy me a new iron a few years ago. My old one gave out so I bought me a nice one. I invested in a nice iron, steam iron. So when I iron with that I just take my time. Do a little humming as I'm ironing. Make sure I get every wrinkle out. Huh? How many of you enjoy doing that? Little maintenance. Iron this wrinkle out. Huh? Do a little laundry. Throw, the, throw your garment in the washer. Huh? Keep it clean. Keep it pressed. Don't come into the house of God dirty. Don't come in wrinkled. <laughs> Sounds humorous, but it's true. If we don't maintain, if we don't Praise God. Take care of ourselves. Who is who's going to? Thank you, Jesus. So I think about that. It's kind of humorous, but I think about that and it makes me, uh, you know, remember all those those times and admonitions. Uh, one last scripture verse, I guess. Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two. Hallelujah. Verse number 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. The Lord knoweth them that are his. Of course, he didn't stop there, did he? He said, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Mm -hmm. Whoever 
names the name of I was reading something uh, just a few days ago. Of course, the word Jews were, were fearful in pronouncing the name of God. <coughs> and of course, uh, you look in the Old Testament and the word that they use uh, to when they speak about God, of course, they, they, they translated it uh, they, they, they omitted some vowels because they said if they pronounced it wrong, they didn't want to defile or, or bring judgment upon them. So, so obviously, in that word we talk about is what they, what they say, Yahweh or Jehovah. And then the Old Testament translated, translates it as Lord. But even then, they're, they're, how would I say, they're, they're, their carefulness their carefulness, their, their fear of even mentioning the name right. Even mentioning the name right because they did not want to bring reproach and judgment upon themselves. That holy name, the name of Jesus, that holy name, think about that. Because we're called by his name. That name was placed on us when we were baptized in his name. And by his name, our sins were remitted. Our sins were washed away. They were remitted. And, and, and they were, and, and, and you know, I was going over some things today in the, in the lexicon, in the Greek lexicon, talking about remission and remittance and to remit. And, and, and of course, it goes down so many, uh, so many uh, uh, different uh, uh, descriptions or definitives of, of, that, of that name and what it does, the, the mention of the name of Jesus, the use of it. And, and, and one of it, one of the, and I found this interesting. One of, it, one of them means this. When we use the name of Jesus, especially when it's applied to us and when they talk about being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you know what that meant? One of the definitions was this. To strip sin off of us. Mm. Amen. Ooh, in other words, that name just takes sin and just. Shh. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. And that, that's mentioned in in John um, twenty one. He said, "Whosoever sins you remit, they shall remit it, be remitted unto them." And 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 so. You think about the power of that name. That's the name we're called by. Woo! We are called by a, a beautiful, powerful, holy name. And see, the Jews had that, I guess, that fear, that they exercised that caution, that reverence. They didn't want to do his name injustice. They wanted to make sure that when they mentioned that name, they wanted to make sure, hey, it's got to be said right. Makes you think, don't it? But here, here he says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ. We have all been named. We've been baptized in Jesus' name. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Don't let it be so once named among you. That's what, that's what Paul said. Don't let sin be once named among you. It doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. You can't use that name, and you cannot abide in, in your sin. You can't you can't be overwhelmed with iniquity. Doesn't fit. You can't do that. It's a holy name. It's a righteous name. So that's why it's important for us to to heed that and do what we can. One more scripture verse, if you don't mind. Amen. One more. Well, maybe a few more. I don't know. We'll see. But praise God, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 32. And uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 32. And this is what it says. It says, uh, 
It says, give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. But give none offense. Don't give any offense. Let's stay away from any kind of behavior, attitude, spirit mm -hmm. that you know might cause that whatever you do, even in yourself, even your, you know, when we talk about attitude, you know what it is? Attitude is spirit. Mm -hmm. yeah. Huh? So don't, don't be anyway. You know, it's, you know, I, I don't like being angry. How many of you like being angry? <coughs> huh? I don't like to be angry. I don't, I don't, I, I, you know what? Uh, I'm getting older now, so guess what? I really love my peace and quiet. I want my spirit just to be able to abide in that peace. And when certain things happen and certain things are going, I can, I can feel that I can feel that resistance. I just feel like uh, things rub up against my spirit, and I can feel like, oh boy, I could feel that one. That's a big one. And you know what? I never like to resort to being snappy or being offensive or being angry. I just don't like going there. I don't, you know why? Because after that happens to me, I feel just, I feel, first of all, I have a lot of resentment. I should have never done it. And then I feel ugly for, why did I have to react like that? But sometimes you can't help it. Huh? But I don't do it because I want to do it. Huh? You understand what I'm saying? So so we, we have to be careful with our attitude. We do not reflect. An attitude where we're disrespectful. You know what the greatest commandment of all is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and our strength. The second is like unto it, to love thy neighbor as thyself. As long as we keep those two commandments, we're going to be able to keep the whole law and the prophets. So if we walk in that, in, in the spirit of the law, if we walk in the spirit of the law, guess what? We're going to have a good attitude. Great peace have they that love my law, and nothing shall offend them. Hallelujah. It's like when somebody's cursing you up and down, just cussing at you, spitting on you, and you're just looking at me. Just <coughs> you might even wink at them. Why? Because you have peace. Amen. Huh? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. That'll be it for today. God bless you. Uh, there will be youth group Friday, I guess, together. And we're having that meeting afterwards. So all your parents, don't forget youth group. And there, there may be practice tomorrow at 7 o'clock. So. Rehearsal. Practice.